The next stop is Knickerbocker Avenue. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's Fortune 500. Uh-huh. I burn his production. That's right. And we repping for the New York Knicks. Live from the garden, the Knicks game starting. The blue and the orange, the best five starting. Regardless if it's close or a large margin. We hungry for a win. The fan base starving. Bound and astounded. Fishing and we swishing. We run the whole city. Ain't no competition. From Patrick to Willis. Frazier to Strickland. The next generation. We carry on tradition. Year after year. Season after season, yeah. arena full of fans, screaming out defense, playoff intensity, got our hearts beating, the sneakers keep squeaking, hear the heart breathing, Whoa. swishing through the net, yeah. players take flight, flight. vibing with the vets, the coaches need a fight, Come on. hit them with attack, the players about to fight, yeah. it's all about respect, ain't taking any slight, no. a piece of the apple, about to take a bite, right. about to take a ride, out to new heights, this is our year, the future real bright, right. shining real bright like the New York City lights. the Knickerbocker Avenue Fan Forum on the Bleed Blue Show. Yes, we are. NBA Finals, game number three on Wednesday. Uh, right before we uh, uh, get to that game, we're recording and discussing what happens in game games one and two. Uh, we're going to talk about it, what happened, why the series is split, 1-1 going into Miami for game three on Wednesday and game four in Miami. Uh, one, one thing I want to say, June 22nd, 8 p.m. on Thursday, the NBA draft, the 2023 NBA draft. Uh, our last episode of the month would be the Wednesday before that. That will actually be two Wednesdays from now. So Wednesday, uh, June 21st, uh, we'll be here on the Nickelback Avenue Fan Forum. It might be 8 p.m., might be 9 p.m. We'll be talking the draft prospects. Look forward to that conversation and so I can get my college basketball notes and share what I know. I know, uh, I think it was a Memorial Day weekend, I was watching some of the uh, draft combine. Uh, I think they were in Notre Dame, I believe. And I saw they showed it there. They aired it on NBA TV. I'm definitely going to um, talk about uh, the draft prospects on that episode. So that's in actually two weeks from today. Uh, talk NBA draft picks. But what the fuck happened in Denver? In games one, games two, the great Dominic Donato DP, basketball savant himself, historian. You're, you're a historian, Dom. You know you're you're you, you should go down in the, in the books, man. As one of the greatest historians in history, not just American history, Dom, but history, not just sports, but just history. You you are a history buff, bro. Right? <laughs> How you doing, Dom? Good evening, Steven. I, I wouldn't go that far. You know what, Steve? I started doing that shit with you guys on In the Paint. I mean, I didn't think, uh, Blee Blue, the KGYR. I said, man, mm-hmm. maybe somebody will like this. Then I started doing it on Twitter and Instagram. And I've been doing it now, I don't know how long, Steve. It's been a minute. I thought people would just, you know, kind of enjoy it, get a look back at what happened on this day, how many years ago. But, hey, let's talk NBA Finals. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, by the time we're done with this episode, Game 3 will start. So how do we get to this point, Dom? Uh, game 1, 
One by the Nuggets. Uh, from that game, it looked like the Jamal Murray show. It was contributions from Michael Porter Jr., a little bit of Jokic in the second half, and Miami just looked at all outside of Bam Adebayo, who I think has played well. But go to game two, Dom, and, you know, I saw Murray with the foul trouble, Michael Porter Jr. and Contavious Caldwell-Pope off their game. Jokic, to me, did not get going to the second half, and Miami does what Miami does, stick to who they are, interchangeable parts, and it seemed like they came back and battled from a deficit in the second half, and they just... They they just bored. I don't know. It's like they hold, they held off the Denver Nuggets. How did they do that, Don? Like talk to us. What the hell happened? And all all that being said, Steve, and the Nuggets were still a three pointer away from going to overtime, and nobody really played. The, the bench didn't show up for for neither team. I mean, the Nuggets don't use but three people, so. But all the guys we was getting high on, the Martins, the Robinsons, you know, eh, three points, ten points. The starters, Miami starters actually, you know, play play pretty. And I was I was telling, oh, remember last week I was telling these guys mm-hmm. that Gordon was going to be the X factor with checking Butler. And Butler hasn't had no standout game. And, again, Steve, all that great stuff we said about what Miami did. And there was a pull-up three from going to overtime. And that's with Pope not doing nothing. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. not doing nothing. And I mean nothing. He had five points. One for six from three, two for eight. I mean, he had six rebounds. but And Pope, six points. One for four. He only took four shots, but yeah, they didn't. They didn't get nothing from nobody other than Murray and Joker. And you're right. Murray played, you know, with fouls early, and he didn't really get into it. Joker, I like what I like what uh, Spolster said, but of course, in the society we live in now, with all the feelings, I heard he had to apologize. <laughs> what, what do you said, say? I don't uh, what did, what did, what did well, he say? You didn't hear the, the interview. Uh-uh. The question Ramona Shelburne asked him. She said, no, well, you I know, some that. people some people would think, you know, that could be the best thing if you don't let Joker get a lot of rebounds. I mean, assists. And, and he said something to the point. Is that like the dumbest shit? That's like the non-eyeball test. <laughs> and I heard he had to apologize. I don't know why. He really? He the truth. Yeah, he said, this guy can beat you in so many different ways. And you're talking about he only had four assists. Yeah, but I heard, you know, as always, you know, Steve wore the wrong cologne. I got to get on TV and apologize to Steve because I didn't like his cologne. So, yeah, he had to apologize. So, But it was funny because he just put his hand on his head. (laughs) I said, whoa. Well, this is what I like seeing, an honest coach. Like, that question was kind of stupid. You know, this guy scored 30-something points. You're talking about he only had four assists. Okay. (laughs) He said this guy was the best – he said this guy was the best basketball player on the planet two straight years. And then he actually got it. That was the last question. He got up and walked off. I was like, oh, don't tell me he's going to have to apologize. And two days later, I already had to apologize. Yeah. I didn't but, know that. I, didn't, I don't know. Steve. I, I, didn't. I, I still, I still got Miami in five. I mean Miami, uh, Denver. I still got Denver in five. 
they they had their little hiccup. They'll hopefully get back on track today. And I mean, they are the better team, Steve. I mean, I know the better team don't win all the time, but they they are the better team. So we'll we'll see. I'll say this though, Steve. I think it's more interesting and compelling than most people gave this credit for. Because, of course, you know, if we don't have the big stars, Steve and Don playing, ain't nobody going to watch. So, so far the ratings have been good. The games have been pretty good. And let's let's see what game three brings. I mean, come on, Steve. It is the NBA Finals. People are going to watch. I don't care who's playing. Some people are going to watch because they're basketball fans. I'm tired of hearing all the narratives because this guy ain't in it, that guy ain't in it. No, so far so good, well, Steve. I will say that. Well, well let me say this. Uh, two points um, about the, the Spolstra. I didn't know about that with, the, I guess, the Shelbourne interview or whatever it was. But you know what I do notice, especially in the last couple of playoff games when they interviewed the coach at the end of, let's say, the first quarter and the third quarter? You know, they in, interviewed yeah. the road coach. You notice that they didn't, like, when Miami has played the last couple of games, they don't interview Spolster. They interview the player. It's like the coach rejects that notion. I actually like it. I, I'm glad that Spolster is not kowtowing to the NBA or doing those goofy after the first quarter interviews when the road, it's the road coach or after the third quarter when it's the, when it's the home coach. You, you notice it's not Spolster doing it. It's like Matt Struess is doing it. I think he's done it the last couple of times. Keep an eye out on it for game three, Don. You'll see what I'm talking about. I never, like Miami, that to be, I never liked that to begin with, yeah, you, I don't to like be honest. It. I don't like it either. I don't no. like it either. I don't you're, like interrupting, it. I, you're interrupting the flow yeah. of the game. No, let it go. I, no, I agree. I agree. I, I totally agree. Like, like, I mean – Leave it be like I would. You know, if you're gonna do that, you should do it with fan, fan engagement. I, I'm even. I'm not even big on that. Just don't even do it at all. If you're gonna do it, leave the interview fans. Let them talk about how they're seeing at the end of one quarter, at the end of three. But the coaches don't like it at all. And if, just watch it. Watch game three tonight. So Spoelstra's the home coach tonight. His his interview would be after the end of game three, going into the game, uh, into the fourth quarter. Watch one of the Miami players. Keep your eye out on that. He's been ducking that, and I like it. I like that he's back. Yeah. I don't like, you know, Pete. No, you know, go back and watch. You see what I'm talking about? He's done that a couple of times. He did that in the. I, he definitely did it in the Boston series. I can't remember if he did it in the Knicks series, but he definitely did it in the Boston series for sure. It was clear. Like, Yo, I'm surprised he's not talking. <laughs> he's surprised. I'm surprised the NBA ain't threatening him. You know, you know how NBA yeah, is. You know, yeah, get get yeah. your ass off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, now, as far as the game, listen, um, Adebayo, as much, and I'm with you. Like, I remember you have mentioned how he's overrated, and I'm with you to an extent. But I got to give him props. Like, he's kind of held his own. Not, you know, I mean, I, of course, Jokic statistically is outplaying him, but I do believe that Adebayo in games one and two on the road, he actually – has been the best Heat player. I'll put it like that. He's been the best player on the Heat in games one and two thus far in this series. I, I, I definitely believe that. Uh, when the other guys didn't show in game one, he kind of held his own. And then I thought he, he he did his numbers, basically. He held his average. Um, I thought Gabe Vincent shot the ball well, and I thought Max Struess shot the ball well, which is what the difference between games one and two is. And I think – what you're saying as far as Miami or only, you know, winning by three or Denver was a three-point 
shot away for going into overtime. Be quite honest with you, Dom, Miami's okay with that kind of basketball, that kind of pace. That's what they've been, who they've been. So a close game is what they want. They don't care if they win by three. They don't care if it's low scoring. But Max Struess, who shot the rock terribly in game one, he did um, kind of got back to what his numbers was. And Gabe, Gabe Vincent, man, like, he's been up and down this entire playoffs. Like, you saw him against us in games one and two at the Garden, and then he kind of, like, fell off in the game, in the series, the rest of the series. But he shot the ball well, man. And he actually shot better than um, uh, Jamal Murray in game two, which is surprising. That I did not see coming, Dom. And what are your thoughts on that from the Miami perspective? Yeah, and that's what I was saying earlier, Steve. When you look at the numbers, Vincent, 23, Butler, 21, Adebayo, 21, Strews, 14. Those were their starters. Their bench, 9, 3, 10, 4. Not normally what they've been doing. Their bench is – have they been playing above the norm? Yes, because I was saying this during the Knicks series when these guys caught fire here and there. And I'm like, you know what? These guys are 7.9, 9.9 a, guy, a night guy. You know, yeah. did they catch lightning in a bottle? Yeah, of course they did. So, but I don't. I didn't expect that, Steve. I didn't expect their starting five to seriously outplay Denver starting five in game two. They outplayed them, Steve, point blank in the conversation. You know, nobody, like I said, nobody did jack except Murray and and uh, Joker. And here's the funny thing, Steve. This is the this is the tale of Miami. Game one, 93 points, because they're not a good offensive team. So 93 points is six, 16 points under their average. They they average 109 a game, 30th in the NBA. The win, they got two points over their their normal average, 111, and they win by three. I don't get it, Steve. I can't. If I was to sit here, I'd be lying. If I said, okay, I know the Heat, they're going to do. No. I don't think so, Steve. I I think most people that are watching this, I don't care well, all these talking heads. You you can't predict what the Heat are gonna do, man. It's, well, it's so what I, what, I, what 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 I do notice from them and what I do give them props on Dom watching it, when one guy is not stepping up or not doing his part, another guy definitely picks up the right. slack. It, it's been it's been yeah. like that all playoffs. Matter of fact, as you already know, we talked about it last night. I mean last week with um you know, with Rells um, and, um, and Bully from Therapy and Sports when they were on, and, and we were talking about how it's so they're so interchangeable. Like how Caleb Martin, we were talking about how the hell the Hornets, you know, because you, you watch all the Hornets basketball, how the hell the Hornets didn't get all this maximum play out of him and his twin brother. Like how, like how is Fulster getting all this effort with Caleb Martin versus the Celtics? And in this series, he's not really doing nothing, like, at all. I mean, thus far, he hasn't done nothing. But even when he does not do nothing, all of a sudden, Matt Struess comes out of nowhere. It does, you know, and does, it's like what if one doesn't do nothing, the other guy picks up the slack. And it's been like that all playoff series for Miami. Or if somebody's not shooting well, like Gabe Vincent, uh, you got a little bit better shooting or a contribution from maybe a Duncan Robinson and maybe a Kyle Lowry that kind of got back to, you know, their scoring levels. So the point I'm trying to say from Miami, give them props. It seems like it's always somebody stepping up. And when when one guy like kind of fell back, like I expect kind of like Caleb Martin to pick up a little bit more, maybe not Boston Celtic level, but as far as you know, what he has not done in the series scoring wise, I mean he was killing Boston. 
We're like, man, remember we were talking about it last week, Don? We were like, man, this guy's on his way to a big contract the way he was scoring. Like, nobody mm. saw that coming. Nobody saw that but coming. But I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer, Steve. I'm a firm believer. Uh-huh. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm a, I'm a firm believer. No, you Your numbers are, to, for the most part, who you are. That's why yeah. we call these things an average. On, on yeah. average, the guy averages nine points a night, 46, 35% from field and three. This this is who he's been all year. Now, again, did he catch lightning in the bottle against the Celtics? Yes, of course. Unless, unless one, you never saw him play before. You never took the time to research his yearly numbers on average then you would say, wow, this guy's the next coming of, you know, fucking Jerry West. No, he played above his head, and, and God bless him. Like you said, Steve, Miami happens to do this. They will take a Steve Azul and a Dominic Donato, and somehow or another we'll puff the magic dragon, and me and you become, you know, sixth fan of the year. But, again, Steve, I'm a firm believer in this is the reason we look at numbers. Some people don't like that. I always say numbers don't lie. People lie with numbers. Your numbers are your numbers. I mean, and what does he do so far these two games? He's probably right around his season average. So I'm not knocking the kid. Don't get me wrong. Steve, I watched him in Charlotte. He averaged probably 15 to 17 minutes a game for two seasons. Wasn't a bad shooter. Was he in there? Eh, the, the, The Hornets had a lot of injuries, so they would plug and play their guys and you know, half the time they was out of it by, what, January. So kind of hard to, you know, give somebody, you know, a good look. But he, he didn't do that bad. You know, he shot 54% from three. Didn't take a lot of them. 44% from the field. Didn't get a lot of minutes. Like I said, 17, 15. So he averaged about 16 and a half minutes his two years with uh, Charlotte. But again, Steve, 6.2. 5.5, this is what he averaged in those minutes. And it's the same this year. God bless him, Steve. He hit pay dirt. But, like I said, game two, three points. He had three points, Steve. I hate to say it is what it is. But, like you said, it don't matter. Because somebody else is going to step up. And he had three points the other night. So, he scored about six, seven points the whole series. But, again... Now, Struce does this. Uh, Vincent will do that. I can't figure them out, Steve. I'm not turning my back. I got Denver winning in five, so I'm not going to flip-flop now. Nah. I, I just think sooner or later, you know, it's going to click. I was disappointed because you know I've been a big Porter fan for a minute. He just disappeared, yeah, Steve. I mean, he, let's, he let's became talk the about butt it. of, like, we, we, yeah, we, we got the all, of all talk. We, we get on R.J. Barrett. We get on Jalen Brown. We got a whole feats to the fire for Michael Porter Jr. What happened in game yes. two, bro? What happened? Oh, <laughs> I don't know, sir. Steve. He couldn't. And again, they—they, they, I, I love the way like 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 normal guys like me and you will say, you know what? He just played like shit. Everybody else is saying, well, you know, did did they put him in the right position? The score, they put him in the – come on. The, the guy shot like shit. I mean, let, 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 let's stop trying to find new excuses. Two for eight, one for six from three. I don't care what position they put him in, Steve. He took, he took eight shots, and he only hit three of them. 
come on, and he only played 26 minutes. So, obviously, the coach thought, and I think maybe it's not his night. Maybe something happened. I don't know, Steve. Me and you don't, we're not privy to that information. All I know is he played like shit. Me, as a fan, I ain't no, I ain't no analyst. I don't play one on TV. He, to me, he just played like crap. And it, and guess what, Steve? He scores five points. Well, what did he score? Yeah, he scored five points, Steve. And the Nuggets lost by three. Really? So, that, again, that's telling me, Steve, when you go look at the numbers, he averages 17.5 points a night. So the likelihood of him scoring five or six points every night isn't good. Let's just be honest. It's not great that he's going to do this on a consistent basis. Now, that being said, could he hit, can he hit a low? Can he go cold for a few days? Yeah, of course. You know, we hate to can see I, it happen now in the finals. But, hey, he, that, I, don't, I don't see that happening again, Steve. No. Well, let me ask you this. Not on, on, on Porter Jr. On yes, Porter Jr. Let me ask you this. So, when I look at what happened in game two, he, it did seem like he was jump, jump shooter happy. I think he has an excellent jump shot. I think he has great form, yeah. great lift, release, and all that, right? But what do you want to see him attack more? Because what is really sticking out from game two that he didn't even go to the line? You know, like, I think a guy that tall that, you know, who could take a, a, a hit and, and, and probably get an M1, he got. He didn't get to the line at all in game two. Uh, do you think um, head coach uh, Mike Malone gets some? You know, hey, you know, get a game plan to create more interior scoring for him in particular. Yeah, I know everything goes through Jokic, so we got to keep that. We got to be. We got to be reasonable when we're talking Denver Nuggets because everything goes through Jokic. We all know. We already know his usage stats. It's, it's off the charts. But that's the reason why the Denver Nuggets are in this position. But my point is um, to get to Michael Porter Jr.'s, let's say, 17-point average, would you think they're going to try to get him in situations more in games three to be more in attack mode than jump shooting happy? What are your thoughts on what they're going to do in, in games three and four in Miami? You, you got to, Steve. 60, I think I added up, 69 minutes in two games, two foul shots. For a guy Damn, that's that it? he is, yeah, two foul shots, 69 minutes. You would think for a guy that athletic, that kind of burst, he got to have more than two foul shots, Steve. I, I don't want to hear the refs didn't, because if you watch the game, Steve, he's not going to the basket. So we can't say Steve went to the basket five times and didn't get one foul. No, he ain't doing that, Steve. He's barely going to the basket. And that's one thing he could take advantage of. Who, who are Miami at that position? is really going to stop him from getting to the hoop. Again, it's this, it's this new NBA, Steve. These people, 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", everybody wants to be Jerry West. Everybody wants to be Curry. Play the game. Flow with the game. Obi Toppin. Everybody blames uh, Thibodeau that he stands in the corner and he's shooting threes. Well, how about when you get the ball you fake the shot, and you go to the basket. You're supposed to be this athletic individual. And guess what, Steve? Me and you ain't the smartest people on the block. If we see a guy shooting one for eight, are we really going to run out there at him like, like he's on fire? No. They're going to lay off him. 
which makes it even dumber because now they're laying off him, so he's going to continue to shoot instead of going to the basket. I, I, I blame this. This is the NBA, Steve. I hate to say it like that, but it is what it is. We've watched this guy for how many years now, Steve? He's got a, he's got a burst. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. But, of course, he wants to stand behind the line. And so when you go one for eight from three, guess what? And your team lost by three points. You got to be you. You got to be putting your head down, Steve, and saying, "What could I have done? I played like shit. We blew a fifteen-point lead. Let's not forget that either, Steve. We blew a fifteen-point lead." Well, let me let me let me ask you a, a, an X and X's and O's objective question because I'm trying to think on a basketball uh, operational level on the court. Do you think Michael Porter Jr.'s Lack of production in game two was a domino effect due to the fact that Jamal Murray uh, had a little bit of foul trouble because, you know, we know that Jokic, a lot of things go through Jokic and Murray, and then everybody else eats on this team. And Murray throughout, you know, despite the, you know, he didn't really score as much as he did, or it it didn't feel like Murray was as much offensively engaged in the game like he was in game one. I put it like that. Because he was off- offensively engaged in game one, it felt like Michael Porter had a better production all around game, despite even not even going to the line, but only two times. Do you think Porter? Oh, here's the here's the question. I put it like this: Can Porter get his with, in the event that Murray, for for whatever reason, struggles, foul trouble? Do you think Porter will be able to find a way to get his if things don't happen with Robin? on the team, which would be Murray. What are your thoughts? I would, again, Steve, I would have to say, yeah, because I'm looking at what they did all year. You know, again, this guy averaged 17 points a night, best record in the Western Conference. So you, you got us. And again, I've said it before, Steve, can a guy go two, three games and struggle? Yes, of course. But on average, it's, it's saying that normally don't happen. His average his play, his shooting says this is more of a blip than it is a trend. Again, Steve, I will preference this again. He can, anybody can go two, three days in a slump. I don't see it happening because of how he normally plays. And again, he's the Alfred on that team. And he's still getting 17.5 a night, Steve, all season long. 17.5 a night, best record in the Western Conference, Okay, are the lights too bright? I can't even say that, Steve, because he had a pretty good game, game one. He disappeared in game two. So, excuse me, so did Murray. So did Pope. Everybody sort of kind of disappeared in that one game. Now, do we want to hold their feet to the fire for the rest of the series because they played one bad game? And again, Steve, piss poor game. Nobody played well except Joker. And you were still... You were still a three-pointer away from going into overtime. Granted, you blew a 15-point lead. And even blowing that lead, Steve, you still managed to come back and was a three-pointer away from overtime. That's, again, I don't get caught up in all the the hoopla and the over-talking from the so-called analysts. A shot away from overtime, Steve, and they played like shit. Even with Tell the Truth, Steve, when you was watching the game, and they were up by 15. I don't know about you, but I'm watching the game saying, the way they're playing, 
this lead ain't going to last. Because they're playing like crap, and they're up by 15. I'm like, this. they're playing the Heat. The Heat have a tendency of picking, plucking, biting, scratching, and next thing you know, they're down five. And next thing you know, they're up five. So I, I watched that game, Steve, thinking to myself, if they pull this game out, it might be a sweep. Because as bad as they played, if they win this game, they, they just might sweep Miami. Because playing that bad and beating your opponent, what, what can your opponent be thinking, Steve? Like, shit, what else can we do? But I, we'll, we'll, I, we'll see tonight. I, I actually look at it slightly different than what you're saying because I understand the bad basketball and they only lost by three uh, what you're saying, but I also look at it from the, what we've known, what Miami has actually done in this postseason, mm-hmm. going back to the Knicks playoff mm-hmm. series. They've gone on the road to New York and got a split. They went to Boston and got some games on the road, and they did it again in Denver. So, I mean, it's at, at what point, you know what I'm saying? It's like, as much as I hate the Miami Heat, I can't, like, this, this is what they want to do. They don't mind being down 15 on the road and coming back and pulling out a win. They did it to the Knicks. They did it to the Celtics. They've, they've done it to the Denver Nuggets. So it's like Miami is this, um, like a horror movie. You know what I'm saying? They're like the villain. They're like Jason. They're like, they're not going away, bro. It's like, I just, I learned that. to live with the fact that despite the terrible statistics, the shooting, they just keep coming. They're, they're a horrible right. team, man. They, 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 that's, that's just the, what it is. I learned to live with it, Dom. I just learned to live with it. Like, I that's why I the other it side they the, did it. That's the other side of the coin, Steve. Like I said before, yeah. when you watch them, it's like, oh, hell, what is Steve going to do now? You don't know. You're sitting there thinking to yourself, their, their, their inconsistency has become their strength. Like, okay, there'll be this for three and a half quarters and that. And, you know, uh, lights out for two quarters, and then it's like you if, – if somebody could sit here, Steve, and actually say, I could put my finger on them, they're lying. Because they proved it to us, Steve, in every series they play. Remember, Steve, they became the AC because they couldn't win the first game of a play-in. People forget that. They, they could have been the seventh seed, Steve, but they couldn't win the, the damn play-in game. Remember, people forget all about that. They're like, oh, they got hot. There was one win. There was a loss away from going home, Steve. Think about that. That's what I mean about that. Hey, Jason, man. <laughs> Remember what they did to the yep. Bulls, man? I thought the Bulls had them. Like, they do not. They just don't fall. I don't get it, man. They, I, I mean, it's, it's nuts, man. Listen, I-95 bullies with us, man. I'm sorry, bro. I didn't even know you were there, man. I was just chopping it up with Dom. Had a great time just laughing about who the, the horror story is in the Miami Heat. But I-95 bullies, we got to bring you on. I got to answer your question about uh, your tweet on the on the Mayweather really quickly about the boxing. Yes, one of the greatest welterweights ever at 147, Floyd Mayweather. That, And I'm, and I'm not really the biggest Floyd Mayweather fan, but I, I got to call it how I see it in that division historically, man. Floyd's greatness, man. What's up, bully? How you doing, man? Dom, we're chopping up with NBA Finals. But I saw your tweet on on the boxing. I had to put you know, put my two cents in on that, man. Yeah, man, that's moves. That's his wheelhouse, man. But with the welterweights, man, that's a loaded loaded group of fighters, man. I mean, you got oh, yeah. Marvin Hagler started out as a as a welterweight, and then you had like Absolutely. Sugar Ray. I mean, that's a tough class. I mean, you keep it go. 
Bernard. I mean, that's a that's a tough class. But I had a, a question for you guys, though, and well, for Don, what he was talking about, like Joker shot 28 shots that game. And then, you know, Murray, he shot 45% from the field. Gordon shot 5 of 7. Do you guys think Joker shot too much? Go ahead, Don. For, for the most part, Bully, again, me and Steve was talking about, I always go by, y'all know me, I go by numbers. That's not the norm for him. I get it. But, again, right, when you look right. at, when you look at, we was talking, I don't know how much you heard, but, you know, the the, 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 the bullseye was on Porter Jr. So, you're shooting like hell, like shit. And he only had eight shots. Uh, Pope only had four shots. Gordon only had seven shots. Yeah. Their bench was basically invisible. So, was he forced to do this? And again, like I told Steve, and I'm not going to beat this horse to death, all of the shit we said, excuse me, all of the stuff we said about Denver, Blew a 15-point lead. Let Miami hang around. Let Miami do this. They didn't do that. This got – and they was a jump shot away from going into overtime. As bad as they played, yeah, they were a jump shot away from overtime. Of course, if this and Ann's were positive. Look at that. <laughs> but they, they yeah, hung around and I look still at had that. a chance to go into overtime. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. Look at that. Poor... No, no, no. We good, bro. Like, I, I watched it, like, that fourth quarter, like, that game two fourth quarter, like, Joker, like, he kind of took a step back, like, down the stretch, and Murray was the one putting up shots, and I'm thinking, like, well, why why is that? And, like, if you you go back, I mean, you, got, you, you guys know this. I don't know if you know it for a fact, Dom. Like, if you look how teams are built, it's always a one, three, and a five, and you, or a one, three, and a big. And, you know, Murray, he came through late, but you, you hit the nail on the head when you brought up the others, you know, Michael Porter, Pope, like, those guys got to show up. Like, they're, they're important. Like, Michael Porter's not a really a three option or a two option. So that their number three spot has to be by committee. And if the committee don't show up, this, this is going to be a long night. The funny thing is, Billy, we said it earlier, this guy is – what six uh, ten? Very athletic. Got got moves. Can shoot. Don't get me wrong, but has moves. Six ten. The average person checking him on that team is not six ten, because Adebayo is the biggest guy on the team, and he's six nine. So nobody is checking Porter at his height, and he played fifty six minutes and has two foul shots at six ten. But you went two for eight <laughs> and one for six from three-point And you had two foul shots in game one, zero. As bad as you played in game two, you had zero foul shots. You didn't think, yeah. really, hey, my shot ain't falling. Let me go to the hoop. You didn't think that for one minute. Yeah, I'm with Don. Like, Malone's got to get him involved. Like, there was a play, if you guys remember, in, in game one, where Porter Jr. went to the hole and he dunked it with the left. Remember that play? How it showed his athleticism yeah. and how he could jump. They have got to get him more free reign to the hole. Like I know everything goes through Jokic and Murray, but my I actually asked Don the question. I'll say, I'll ask you the same question, Bully. If in the event if Murray 
gets into this foul trouble. It seemed like there was a little bit of a domino effect of everything with the Jokic. I didn't have a problem with Jokic's uh, shot number or shot attempts in game two because he's, he's their usage guy. It's always been like that the last couple of years. And he gets high percentage shots. He takes very good shots. But my question about Porter, in the event, let's say foul trouble or Murray's off to a slow start, what does Denver or does, how does Denver get Michael Porter Jr. involved? I think He's a clear-cut Alfred. I don't think there's an Alfred by committee on that team. No, he's the, the true number three. How did they get him involved and get him more to the line? Well, I think the answer is you don't because if Murray's in foul trouble and he's out the game, then that means you're going to have, you know, a great defender, Jimmy Butler, guarding Porter. To me, man, I think it falls on um, Caldwell Pope, Brown. They, they, they got to put up more shots. Like if, you know, Murray's out there, you know, likely, you know, they don't really play a man. They play, like, that weird zone. But if this comes down like that, it's going to be Butler on him, and that's a that's a tough matchup for anybody. So, I mean, if, if Murray's in foul trouble, he's out the game early, it, it's just going to be a long night. I don't think there's really a solid answer. So you got to do it by committee with it, Pope. And that's how I'm with Dom on that. The others got to step up. Yeah, the others got to step up. Yeah, here's the weird thing, guys. Again, we mm-hmm. Denver lost, no doubt about that. They lost by three. They were a shot away from overtime. But even with what Bully's saying, with Joker and his uh, overusage, maybe, because he normally don't shoot that many, he shot 52% from the field. Right, right. As bad as they played. Yeah, as bad as they played, Porter throwing the shit in the ocean, uh, Pope it next to the ocean. <laughs> Y'all still shot 52% from the field. This is what I always say, guys. I hate to keep bringing it up, but if if Bully's average says Bully does this 82 games a year, then I got to believe Bully is going to do that or very similar to that. Again, if Bully misses, it, we do understand that Bully, Dom, Steve, we can go two or three games playing bad. Okay, I get it. But, again, here's the best team in the Western Conference. You lose by two. You send all the talking heads into a frenzy. Miami is now the new 86 Lakers or Celtics. But we're still talking about the best team in the Western Conference. They were the best team in the Western Conference for a reason. Let's just keep it real. They were the best team. They swept their way into the damn finals almost. And here we are. I just like to believe. They had a bad game. I think it goes back to Joker, 16, 18 shots, everybody else more involved. Because I'll tell you what, we can say what we want about Spolster. He's a great coach. But Malone ain't no ain't no walk in the park guy. I'm pretty sure he had a good conversation. Because I heard he's on borderline worse than Thibodeau when it comes to talking and barking and yelling and cursing. You know, he's done this a numerous times with his team over the years. He puts them on blast. So I'm expecting some of that to rub off. And, hey, guys, let's let's put ourselves in the – I hate to say it, Let's put ourselves in the – hey, bullies, hey, let's just play the way we played all year. Is that asking too much? I have I a question so. for both of you guys. No, not I at a, all. I have, a, I have a question for both of you guys. So – Denver, best team in the West. We know that through 82. Miami getting through as far as a playing game, right? But let's talk their playoff run. Denver went through Minnesota. 
They went through Phoenix uh, with, you know, however you want to look at the CP3 situation. I don't think it even matter. I think Denver's going to get past them. They ran through the Lakers. But if you look at what Miami did, they went through Milwaukee. They went through our Knicks. And then went through the Celtics. So if you're a Milwaukee, I mean, I'm Milwaukee, if you're Miami, do you think you're like, hey, man, we went through the Knicks, we went through the Celtics, and the Bucks. Who is Denver? Like, why would we worry about Denver? Do they look at it like that? Or from a fan, do you, can you honestly buy what Miami's selling? Like, hey, man, we went through the best teams in the East, and we don't think you are better than the teams we went through already. Mm, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good point, Steve. But again, look at Let's let's just look at it this way without getting winded. Do we believe the Heat was an eight seed? No, no. A true, I, a true eight? I don't believe. A true eight? No, probably yeah. not. But maybe a sixish, fiveish. Yeah, yeah, but not be, a true let's, eight. Let's 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 rewind the clock a minute, guys. They had three less wins than this. Yeah. So what are what are a true eight? Probably not. But okay, for, for shits and giggles, they were an eight. They were an eight. <laughs> It was a game away from going home. Remember that. They lost the first game of the play-in. They was a game away from going home. So now they become the AC by default. Okay, Milwaukee. Was Middleton Middleton? No. Uh, Holiday didn't play that well. But Giannis was hurt. Got to give him credit. Hey, hey, remember, Don, remember the theme? Remember remember the theme? I'm going to let you go on, but remember the theme with Miami. They are Jason. They are a, a horror movie. They made Greek free yeah. panic. They, they made Greek free throw the ball to, to the stands, and Chris Middleton has to play save, you know, Captain Save a ball into the stands. Like, hey, they made, they rattled Greek free, man. Rattled them. Again, 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 Steve. We talk about Neil Akita with the deer. We talk about Neil Akita about being a deer in the headlights. The, the, the irony in all that, the Milwaukee Bucks are the male deer. They were literally, he was literally a deer in the headlights against Miami. We got to be real. Uh, Steve, to, to go back to how we started this before, Bully, if anybody yeah. can say they know what the Heat are doing, they're lying. They're lying. Nah. So let's, nah, let's, go, to nah, the, let's go to the Knicks. It's crazy. Yeah, let's go to the Knicks, the Knicks series. Again, three less wins than the Knicks. So I would call that series a push. Now, yeah. The Celtics. Fair. I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of faith in the Celtics because I don't think their guys and it goes back to last year. They didn't show up in the finals. They were turnover happy. Then what happened to them this year? Brown became Tatum of last year with 105 turnovers, and you got you got your ass handed to you. They should have got swept. Okay, it went seven. You still lost. So, yeah, Steve, I'm kind of sort of thinking. Okay, so you were the best team in the West. We still got to play ball. I always say that. No matter what your record is, no matter who you got, the ball's going to go up in the air. Me and Bully's going to jump and let the game begin. So, yeah, you're right in a way, Steve. Best thing. And let's not forget, though, a lot of people had Denver dead in the water against Phoenix. Then, of course, the big hype with we need to see the Lakers in the finals, and they swept their asses. So a lot of people overlook Denver for being a – best team in the West. Let's not forget that. Every time you heard something, oh, they're this, they're that. Uh, joke is not this. Joke is not that. And here they are. They're in the finals. And But you're right, Steve. We, we said this about 20 minutes, 30 minutes ago. If you could predict what the Heat are doing, God bless you. <laughs> you're better than me because I can't figure them out. <laughs> <laughs> really push your thoughts, man. 
Philly, what's your thoughts? Because of the route Miami got, through, you know, getting through the Bulls, through the Bucks, the Knicks, the Celtics, the degree of teams that they went to, I think it's legit. Where Denver, I think they toyed with a lot of those teams in the West. Even though the Denver was the best team out of 82 in the West, I mean, I don't think Miami's looking at what Denver is. I mean, I think Denver's the better team still, but I don't think Miami fears them like, because of the confidence of what they went through in the East. What are your thoughts? And then anything else you'd like to add, and we'll go back to Dom. Um, I'll just take the – I agree with what Dom said, but just for, for radio purposes, I'll take the devil's advocate side of it. Um, if you look at Miami, they they got bailed out. Chris Middleton was in Chris Middleton. Giannis was first. And if you go to the series against the Knicks, you can say they got bailed out by Chase by not, you know, just running with Quentin Grimes. Um, on the flip side, you know, you could say Denver got bailed out by Monty Williams because it took Monty Williams three games, the first three games, to figure out he had to win that series with offense. And then if you go back to Miami, you know, look, look at those three-pointers they were putting up. You could say they got bailed out by Joe Missoula as well. So it, it goes both ways. I mean, I don't think that way of thinking, well, this team was real or that team wasn't real. If you ask me, they, they both kind of got bailed out a little bit. But I lean with Miami. I'm getting bailed out a little bit more. But if, if either team is thinking that way, that's a loser's mentality. And I can't keep Spo you know, allowing his team to go into a game thinking like that. So. And, and I will say this, Steve. When you go back, mm-hmm. again, you're a Knicks fan. You go back to the series with the Knicks. Yeah. It went what? It went six? Yep. And the Heat, I told you this earlier, Steve, the Heat were the 30th team in offense, and they averaged 109 points. They only scored 109 points against the Knicks once. Never scored more than 109 points. So, again, on average, and, again, you take away, let's, let's say injuries, Randall playing on a bad ankle. People can say what they want about him disappearing in the playoffs, but he was hurt, too. So, if we're going to talk about Greek Freak being hurt, Billy Bob Thornton, quickly was hurt. he was hurt, too. So, that, that had a little something to do with it. But, again, guys, here's a team that averaged 109 points, 30th in the league. And they won the game the other night by scoring 111. Go figure. I mean, sometimes it really well, is what it is. You are who you are. But, again, you can't figure them out. I mean, you look at this crazy zone they play. Yeah. Hey, Steve, Billy, we're going to run a zone for the next five minutes. <laughs> like, like, who does this shit, man? Who does what they do? I don't know. I haven't seen it. And they, they, they confuse the hell out of everybody with the zone. And then you look two seconds later, they're playing a the man-to-man. I mean, I, I don't know. So, I thought, let me ask you this. Believe it or not. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, I didn't have faith in Boston, guys. So, I called that, I even called that series up. Because I don't have a lot of faith in them, to be quite honest. I mean, I know they're a rival, but, again, guys, you look at what they did last year. They, they always have the best team, so they say. Best team in the East, this, that, the other thing. And somehow, some way, the the Brown Tatum show becomes Westbrook Durant. You shoot, I shoot, you shoot, I shoot, and everybody else is standing around like statues. And then you try to throw them the ball at the last minute, and what do you expect? So yeah, it's 
Hey, you got to give him credit. I'll just say that, guys. You got to give him credit that we hate the shit out of him. You got to <laughs> give him credit for what they've done. You got to. So if history repeats itself, you know, usually things are a trend. If Gabe Vincent had two good role games thus far in Denver, just like he did against the Knicks, but he tanked in game three, my question to you for the Miami side, who steps up in game three in the event Gabe Vincent doesn't give you that 2023 or that unexpected 2023 like he has done on the road uh, versus the Knicks, just like he did um, in Denver thus far? So let's see. I think it looks like the trend is Jimmy Butler, who had a big game three, a game I was at in Miami of Knicks versus the Heat. He had a big game three versus – so I guess Jimmy Butler is going to have a big game three, right? He's probably going to go for 30, right? He's kind of been me- mediocre or subpar Jimmy, not Jimmy Buckets. What, what do you guys think of who's stepping up for Miami? Or who's going to make up the lack of production when the other guys, like Struz doesn't score or Gabe Vincent doesn't score, Bully and Dom? Who, who, who steps up in game three for Miami? I, I think it's Struz, and I'm going to keep it simple because I said last week there's a reason Butler scoring 20, 21, 22. Gordon's a hell of a defensive player. So now yeah. it's going to have to take somebody else to step up because once if Gordon's on the court, I don't care what you say about playoff Jimmy, Jimmy B, Jimmy Buckets, whatever. Gordon's a different animal when it comes to man-to-man yeah. defense, guys. Unless you haven't watched yes, him all year, you're missing something. He goes back to yeah. his high school days on, on the Ball is Hype videos. If you've ever watched Ball is Hype when these cats come out of high school, Aaron Gordon was a freak in high school back in California. I knew about yes. him coming out of high school. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't, he, we know about Aaron Gordon. I mean, we followed him. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead, continue. I, I know you're pretty good Yeah, I got a feeling it'll be Spruce or Robinson. One of them are going to have a – I mean, I don't want Miami mm. to win. Don't get me wrong, but – I think one of them is going to have to step up. They're going to have to. Because Robinson didn't do nothing last game. Uh, Martin didn't do nothing last game. And, again, guys, they won by three points. So, I'll pick Spruce, maybe Robinson, to step up. Not Jimmy Butler. He'll, he'll get his 20-21. Nothing mind-blowing. All right. What's Bully's thoughts on that? Well, for me, man, I, I got to go with the guy with the track record. I got to go with Duncan Robinson. You know, people people saw him on the boat. I think casual viewers, you know, saw him on the bench and think, oh, he's not good, he's not this. And it's like, no, Duncan Robinson's a very good basketball player. They just didn't have a spot for him in the lineup. And you see in the playoffs, he's getting back to being Duncan Robinson. So, for me, I got to go with the guy with the track record. And they – and as Dom said, they don't score enough, or they don't score a lot. So he becomes even more important because he's a proven, you know, 37, 40% three-point shooter on high volume. So for me, he, he, he's the X factor. I mean, you could go with Struess, but I just like the track record of, of Duncan Robinson so much better because he's proven it. Like he, he's been there. He's got the big contract. So it's not like this guy's a bum or a bust, and he's not even – you know, a role player, he's a, he's a high-end role player. He's a legit player, a, a legit shooter. So, for me, I, I go with Duncan Robinson, and I don't even think twice about it. Okay, okay. Let's get some final thoughts because we've got games three to watch, and then people check out the episode on the aftermath later on in the evening or in the, tomorrow or the rest of the week. 
Dominic, your final thoughts. Now, Dom, I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball at you. It has nothing to do with the hoops, but I got to get your opinion as a Yankee guy. Because, listen, man, I'm fresh off the uh, Reggie yeah, Jackson Yankee documentary. Talk. I was kind of, yeah, 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 just real quick, because Dom was a Yankee guy. He was he was through that era. I, I I didn't see that era. You know, I had to watch it through history. But Dom, I'm kind of a little behind on the prime, and I thought the Reggie Jackson documentary was good. Did you see it? And your thoughts on that? And your thoughts on the NBA? Uh, and your final thoughts as well. And anything else you'd like to add, Dom? And then we go to Bully get his thoughts. As a as a lifelong Yankee fan, I I liked the documentary. And please don't take this the wrong way. I just hate that every time we go down a road of something, race always has to become a part of it. We just can't watch a documentary about Reggie. And to be quite honest, guys, I was never a Reggie fan. He was never a Yankee to me. He came. He did what he did. Guys, trust me, I was a young kid in 77. He was a he hired hit the gun, three home right? runs. Yeah, I was, I was at Yankee Stadium when he hit those three home runs in 1977. Who are you? I was a young you kid. Said that? Yes. I'm just finding that out. Yeah, you I never told, said that. Listen, like, Steve, 10 years. Steve, Steve, I, I told <laughs> you. Can't be remember that, remember that, remember like that, that thing we did, Steve? Remember that thing we did where you picked somebody out of the KGYR and you did the one-on-one? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, had, I, oh, okay. I told you back then that was probably the greatest thing I ever saw in I person. I go back in our Okay, okay. But, that, but that, being, that being said, I was never a Reggie guy. And, again, every time we talk about something, we have to somehow get away from just the baseball. I mean, even if you didn't see a guy, we all knew the – the discontent with him and Billy Martin, the blow up with him and Greg Nettles, you know, and for us that are old enough to remember watching this, we saw it, you know, and let's not forget the Yankees had Thurman Munson at this time. And, and Thurman was our captain. He was our man. He was our homegrown kid. X, Y, Z. We had the Gidrys. We had the, the Greg Nettles, the Willie Randolph. Reggie mm-hmm. came in and, and he got us two rings, guys. I can't deny that. But, again, we went to the World Series a year before we got there, too. Though so we got swept by Cincinnati. We had a great team, team in place, guys. <laughs> yeah. We, that was yeah, a great we, team. You, <laughs> if, if you, even, if, even if you research it, guys, from 1975 to 1979, we were a pretty dominant team. We were. And we was outlasting. Remember that great comeback we had against the – the Red Sox in 1976, I think it was, Bucky Dent's home run. You know, we had a solid team. But, of course, Reggie comes in. He stirs the drink. We win two chips. Can't take that away from him. I just was never a Reggie fan. I always thought it was the Yankees would never like that, guys. And they really aren't today either, where Steve and Bully think they're bigger than the Yankees. We're a history team, guys. I don't care who you put on our team. It never outweighs what this franchise has done historically. No player can duplicate that shit or top that shit. Reggie tried it, and you know what? He didn't last that long in New York, guys. If your memory serves you correctly, if not, do a little research. And to make this a long story short, and I'm going to shut up, I went to the exhibition game with the Mets and the Astros in Florida. Who's walking down the sideline in an Astro uniform? Reggie Jackson. I'm like, well, I felt good because I'm like, I've never considered him a Yankee. He's with Houston. Hey, have fun. Enjoy your life. No knock. But eh, it was all right, Steve. I'd give it a, give it a four, four out of ten. 
But I thought you was going to talk about, you know, series on TV, but we'll get to that another time, Steve. You know me and you are big uh, on that. I'm, I, I'm, I'm going through again the, um, the terminal. I'm going through that one more time. We got to soak that in, um, the terminal, terminal list. I, I, that's the Navy SEAL movie. That, that I thing thought is you fine. saw I got, it. I did, but I, I got to revisit it again, you know, because so, I think they're coming out with another season. So I guess I wanted to revisit it. I will say this. So. I will say this. I think it's the end of this month. The last Jack Ryan's coming on. It won't yep, be yeah, no more after that. this series. Yeah, there'll be no more after this one. There's some oh, good yeah, ones yeah, out right now, Steve. If you guys Absolutely. aren't watching Apple TV, if you ain't watching Apple TV, you're missing out. I will say that, too. They got some serious series on Apple. Nice. Shout out to Don Donato DP on Twitter, I-95Bully Therapy and Sports. Your final thoughts, and one more time on the uh, the 147 with Mayweather, you, you, Hagler, Benitez, uh, you named them a lot of them. Um, Shoot, uh, De La Hoya. I mean, there's some great yeah, names. De La Hoya, Trinidad. Yeah. Trinidad. Yeah, Burns. Trinidad. Yup, Burns. But Mayweather went through a lot of them, man. I, and I'm not really the biggest Mayweather, but he that defense is everything, man. He knew how to use it. Use it so I got a. Hey, he held that O. And he's changed the sport of boxing because of that O, man. And I hate it for the, for, for the worst. But, hey, Floyd made a big impact from that. Money Mayweather to um, – uh, uh, I'm a pretty boy to money, money Mayweather, but I think at 147, man, he, 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 I mean, he didn't fight the, the best of opponents at the right time, but he got them all. I got to give him credit. But your, your thoughts on the, on the boxing and in the NBA finals and anything else you'd like to say, Billy, and then we'll wrap up. Man. You know, no, man, I love the conversation that you went, you went down were just having. And um, I kind of want to give like, uh, Dom's a, a little bit older than I am, just a little bit. But um, thank you. <laughs> my first, my first, <laughs> my, my first experience right with Reggie Jackson was Old Timers Day in '98. I told this story on Sunday. Old Timers Day in '98, you know, Dave Winfield hit a home run to right field, and Bobby Mercer was out there playing. Mickey Rivers was out there, and Reggie Jackson mm-hmm. was out there. And, you know, I'm sitting next to my dad, and I'm like, why are everybody going crazy No, over him? Like, Jeter and Tino, they're over there. And my dad said, you know, the famous quote, you know, he, he serves the drink. He was the guy. And from me coming up as a Yankee fan, I, you know, experienced with Reggie, but he's a special advisor. Uh, he's always there at, at spring training. So it's so interesting to hear Dom's point of view where he says he's not a Yankee, and I guess, you know, you kind of had to be there. You know, and I, you know, I wasn't there, but you know, as far as the Yankees, man, to be honest, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I don't know what to make of this team, man. Judge is hurt again. Nestor Cortez is going back to the IL. You know, we can't hit. Like, I need more from Volpe. You know, we passed up on guys. You know, Correa, Seager, all the big names, Harper, Correa, and it's like Volpe, man. Like, I know, I know, you're 30, 40 games into your career, if that. But it's like we kind of need you right now, and it's you know the way Tom Thibodeau and Leon Rose catch heat. You know, in my opinion, that's the kind of heat that you know Boone and Cashman should be catching, or maybe not them, maybe Hal Steinbrenner, because it just seems like we're on this hamster wheel, this, this constant purgatory where we know we're going to be one of the best teams, 
but we're just not going to be good enough. And now we see DJ LeMayhew, you know, he's starting to show, you know, some age and, and some attrition. So it's like, oh, and I, I don't know how they get out of it. They got some of the huge contracts, which, you know, I'm not counting, you know, Stanton because you're know, only paying him like, $20 million a year and the Marlins are paying the rest of that. So, but you still got, you got Garrett Cole, you got Aaron Judge, and it's like you have to put a contender, like a contending team around these guys. And I look at the East, you know, and I'm mainly looking at the Rays, and I say, do we have enough to, to beat the Rays when it matters? Yeah, I'm sure that we no. can, you know, finish over 500 against them. But we don't have enough. And then you look at Baltimore, and I'm like, okay, when's Baltimore going to come down? When's Baltimore going to come down? Then you look at the Jays, and you say, they're going to make a run at some point. I look at our team, and I say, can we make a run? But as far as basketball, I know we got, um, I'll be 60 seconds, but as far as basketball, it seems like the entire landscape of the NBA is changing. But then when you look at the Knicks, it's like we're on the rise. Like all the, the last generation, like the LeBrons, the Currys, you know, these guys, they're, they're on their way out. And then you look in the finals now, you know, there's no Curry, there's no LeBron, there's, there's no, those guys, they're not it anymore. So I'm just going to see this game, you know, see how it plays out. You know, I want to see how uh, Porter bounces back. I think he's made like one three-pointer. I'm um, in game two. I want to see how Pope, how those guys bounce back because game three is pivotal. Whether you think, you know, you got Denver in six or Denver in five, whatever your prediction is, Game three matters, no matter what your prediction is. So, for me, this is a pivotal game of the series. Because Miami, I don't look at it as, you know, a true home court. You know, it can get rowdy at points. It can get loud at times. But it's not really a true home court. So, I'm thinking if Denver can steal game three, whatever happens, happens in game four. Then you go back to Denver. And for game three, this is what's really going to set up the rest of the series. So, as far as the playoffs, you know, this, this is a big game right here, game three. Totally agree. I-9-5-Bully on Twitter, Therapy and Sports, Donato DP, shout-outs to Dom. Hey, man, this is Watch Game 3. I have no, no, nothing else to add, man. Um, Dom gets points on, on Reggie Jackson and, and your points on the Yankees as well, Bully. <laughs> Yo, this is, this is the Tampa Bay Rays world, and we're all just living there. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> that's, 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 I'm going to go with the baseball today, man. All right, man, guys, enjoy Game 3. We'll talk, chop it up. Sangre and Sue, ladies and gentlemen. Therapy and Sports, the Twitter space handle. Go join it. Later this week, blue blue. A finger to the rest, here we go for the next. It's like a finger to the rest, here we go for the next. It's like a finger to the rest, here we go for the next. It's like Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blue, 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 blue,